And we are uh, back at it just after 4 o'clock here, ready to go. Leah Moody is uh, alongside hosting the show, ready to answer all of your questions, of course. We will talk about severance. We will talk about you losing your job. We'll talk about your boss. We'll talk about proper severance structure and any questions you have. Bring them on. Phone lines are open and ready to go. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. We'll also get to the uh, severance pay calculator, a very nifty tool that's been uh, around for about five years and over 500 that's over half a million people have used this and had their eyes opened up indeed first so uh, lee we always start every show with the uh, the week that was some things that have come across your desk you've been working on and figure they're uh worthy of a mention and a bit of a chat so uh, so what's going on in your world kid yeah and this one is is huge it's a big topic there's there's a lot that i want to cover this week uh but this first topic just kind of seems to keep coming up and coming up and honestly I could probably take up the whole show talking about it and that's um and and if you ask me to I would John uh but that's, that's right. employment and and social media um and specifically oh, yeah. how one can influence the other and we spoke about this uh maybe a couple weeks ago or a couple months ago now uh but we keep hearing about it it seems like every week there's a story about someone saying something online or something being unearthed from online from years ago and then you know 4 hours and some viral retweets later they're fired yeah. And I've been getting a lot of questions about this. You know, uh, can someone be terminated for something that they post online? Can someone be terminated for things that they do off hours? Is it fair for someone to be terminated for things that they do off hours or for things that they post online? And the short answer is yes, because remember, you can be terminated for any single reason your employer can think of any single reason your employer can think of as long as it's not discriminatory. And that includes what you post online and what you do in your off hours. But the key here, of course, is that in those cases, in most cases, you'd be entitled to severance. It's only when you're terminated for cause that we really consider what the reason for your termination is. Because in that case, the employer is trying to terminate you with no severance at all. And in my view, I actually think it would be really difficult to terminate someone for cause without any notice for something that they post online or they do in their off hours because the bar for a cause termination is very, very high. It's called, our courts have called it the capital punishment of the employment law, the employment relationship. And so the employer has to be able to show that the employee acted in such a way so as to make the continuation of the employment relationship impossible. You know, the most obvious examples of cause are are the big ones, you know, theft and violence and fraud, harassment in the Mm -hmm. workplace. But you can also be terminated for consistently poor performance um, or things like insubordination. And with these lesser offenses, you generally need to have a history of issues with a history of discipline and warnings. And the employer must have given you the chance to improve. The bar to show cause may also be lower if you're in a position of trust or if you're a public figure, um, you know, if you're an executive or a manager. But if this exists, if, if you commit one act that is particularly bad, like theft or fraud, an employer can terminate you immediately without paying you any severance. And the employee can always challenge that, um, they, and, but the employer will have to defend it by showing that they had a legally justifiable reason to terminate. So when right. we're particularly looking at social media and off-duty conduct, what might count as a legally justifiable reason to terminate for cause. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I think the answer is not a whole lot. Again, it's a very, very high bar. However, that certainly doesn't make you immune. I think the key here is that 
the conduct or social media posting has to be connected in some way to your employer in order for you to be terminated for cause for what you do. So if you're contravening a direct company policy regarding social media usage, then that could expose you to discipline and an eventual termination for cause. If you write something uh, false and defamatory and you name names, uh, you know, so if you say, my boss, John Smith at Walmart, steals from customers, you know, uh, that would count as well. If you're shouting racist slurs from your company vehicle, uh, you could be terminated for cause. If you're a public figure and you're recognizably connected to your employer, so a newscaster, for example, what you say on your own time, even if you say nothing about your employer, could mm-hmm. give rise to a cause for termination. Uh, but again, the bar to show a legally justifiable reason to terminate for cause is very high. <clears throat> the, the catch... And this is the information that a lot of these stories is missing, is that you don't need to hand your employer a legally justifiable reason to terminate you for cause in order to get fired. So you can still post something online. You can still do something in your off hours that gets you fired. You just get severance instead. You still lose your job because, again, your employer does not need a reason to terminate you without cause. They can terminate you for any reason they like or no reason as all, uh, at all as long as they're paying you your right. severance. So ultimately, if you do something that your employer doesn't agree with or doesn't particularly like or finds offensive or just doesn't want to be associated with, uh, you can be terminated. Simple as that. It's perfectly allowed and legitimate. And that's why I always tell people, yeah, I was just going to say. I think of that case a a few weeks ago where that lady went off in the restaurant on those two guys, right? Well, yeah. I mean, you've, you've you've got that. And she's actually since been rehired, um, yeah. interestingly enough. But I think that the that the whole what happened there was, you know, she was in her off hours. It's not as if she was wearing a, a Cranbrook Dodge dealership T-shirt. You know, she wasn't associated with her employer in any way. And yes, the things that she was saying were, were offensive. Uh, but you know, if they're not associated with the employer, then the employer can't say this gives rise to a deterioration in the employment relationship, and so I can terminate you for cause. But what did happen? very likely was that the employer got wind of this, got wind of this viral video and said, I don't want to touch this with a 10-foot pole. I don't want to be associated with this. I don't want to get bad comments on Yelp. You know, I don't want people Mm -hmm. not coming to me because I employ somebody who now a big part of the public mob doesn't like. Um, So they terminate you. And, And again, that's why I always tell people, mind your P's and Q's. Don't put anything on your Facebook. Don't put anything on your Twitter or your Instagram that you wouldn't want your boss to see. Simple as that. And especially once people have got to get through their minds, it's been 15 years now, but once it's in cyberspace, it is there forever. Which is so terrifying because it's, it's like, <laughs> oh, is it I, now? Don't, like, I don't know what I have out there, you know, it's, but you, you see people all the time being faced with things that they posted back in 2008 and right. they're left trying to explain the context of where that came from, you know, and they're apologizing for, you know, a, a something that they thought was a joke or, you know, a like that they had years ago and now is reaping these kinds of consequences and ramifications for their job. So it is, it is a scary world, but, you know, the, and it's been around for so long, there's 15 years of it, as you say, but the best thing that we can do as employees is to uh, start to be a little bit more conscientious of what we're putting out there now, you know, just again, don't put anything on, on your social media that you wouldn't want your mother to see. 
You know, and it's funny, especially if it's it, it. We're not talking positive things here. We're talking things that could possibly get you into some hot water. It, it, the general rule they say now is if you're if you're on Facebook, you're just about to type something just before you hit send, enter, publish. Just go get a coffee, have a drink at the water cooler, come back and look at it in ten minutes and go, "Ooh, okay, you know what? I've calmed down a bit now. Maybe I won't post this." That's usually the best remedy for most of these things. Is just don't hit publish right away. Right? Just think about it. Yeah, definitely. Take a step back. Um, yeah. Really, really think about, again, what if the most important people in your life saw this? Is there is there any right. way that this could be construed as something that your employer may not want to be associated with? And if that's the case, um, then, you know, maybe do go for that water break. Do go grab a coffee and then re- and then think about hitting send because like it or not, that is the reality of the world that we're living in now. And so we all need to be a little bit more careful. Got a uh, couple minutes till we take our first break. What else you got going on there? Yeah, so it's actually related to the first, um, and it has to do with just cause. And this is something that's been around lately, I guess, in the air, because I've had a lot of employer clients contact me in the last couple of weeks wanting to know how to terminate someone for cause. I also actually have a trial coming up this week on the island on behalf of an employee who was terminated for cause. In her case, she was terminated for cause because of some alleged performance issues. And the employer had, in fact, in this case, provided her with two written warnings regarding her performance. And they have taken the position, as many companies in these circumstances do, that she was warned on two occasions, and therefore they had a legally justifiable reason to terminate the employment relationship. And that's probably based in part on this idea that the most important thing that an employer has to do when terminating for cause is to paper the file. I think that there's this idea that if you if you paper the file, if you get it in writing, if you've got a few warnings in the book, then you're fine, and you'll be legally permitted to terminate for cause. And And getting something in writing, papering your file is absolutely critical, but it really, really, really isn't that simple, which is why my employer clients get in trouble when they go ahead and terminate someone without talking to me first. It's so fact-specific, and the bar is so high, and the potential liability can be so significant. But, you know... I'm very well aware that my employer clients don't always listen to me. So I thought I'd chat a bit about it today instead to get some information out there. Now, leaving aside the more obvious offenses that can give rise to cause for a second, so like stealing or violence, I just want to talk about performance. Uh, A lot of employers think that if you have someone who isn't performing up to snuff, who just kind of sucks, uh, that you can let them go. But this is far from the truth. In order to terminate someone for cause, you have to convince a court that you had no other choice, no other choice but to treat that employment relationship at an end, that there was no possible way to continue, whether in a different role or with progressive discipline or even additional training. And in order to prove this in the context of performance issues, you need the following things. You need clear standards of performance. If they are not written, you'll have a hard time proving cause right off the bat because you need to be able to show that these standards existed. And you also need to show that these standards were attainable, measurable. You need to show that they were clearly communicated to the employee. Once you tell an employee what these standards are and how they're falling short of them, you then also need to give them assistance to help them improve and importantly, give them the opportunity to improve, so the time to improve. 
You can't terminate someone for cause two weeks after you first brought performance issues to their attention, for example. Right. Uh, in addition to all this, they also need to be warned that a failure to improve will lead to future discipline, which could include termination. Even if all of these things are in place, an employer is still going to have issue where the employee was a long-term employee with no prior history of discipline, or if there's any other extraneous factors that could explain this blip in performance. So in this case that I'm trying this week, the employee was employed for five years with nothing but promotions and accolades and positive performance reviews. And five months before her termination, she's told she needs to take over another store, which essentially doubles her workload. It's after this increase to her work that the employer starts to take issue with her performance. And the complaints about her performance are totally ambiguous. The warning letters tells her that she needs to be more positive and do more to contribute to an extraordinary customer experience. This is, this is not a standard. This is in no way, shape, or form measurable. And it's not fair to put an employee in a situation where they're essentially set up to fail, vaguely criticize them for a communication style, and then terminate them for cause because their performance sure. didn't meet those vague standards in a short five-month window. So yes, this employer papered the file, but I'm quite confident that they still won't be able to show cause and that this employee will be entitled to her full severance. And I got another win coming to me this week, John. Good stuff. We'll take our uh, first break. We're going to get into the most common questions you get asked every day. We started on this topic uh, the other week, and we'll get right back into that after a short break. Lines are open. Questions, you have them. Bring them on, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on cell. Employment Hour continues right here on CKNW. At 420, lots of time for you to call in, ask your questions about your job, your severance, maybe phoning for a pal or a family member. That's cool, too. It's 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Help at employmenthour.com anytime you want to reach out through email as well. So the other week we were talking about and got into the topic of the most common questions you get asked every day. We got through about three of these. I think you want to review the first three quickly before we get on down the list in between the uh, the phone calls, yeah? Yeah, just because they're, they're so important. So mm-hmm. I'll just kind of quickly review them. And, and the first most common question that I get asked every day is, you know, can my employer terminate my employment even though I didn't do anything wrong? Right. Uh, and the answer is yes. <laughs> So that's that's the very quick answer. The only time the reason for your termination can give rise to a wrongful dismissal in and of itself is when you are terminated because uh, of any of the grounds uh, covered under the BC Human Rights Code. So because of your gender, uh, your race, your sexual orientation, your gender identification, uh, disability, any of those characteristics or qualities that are specifically mm-hmm. protected by our human rights legislation. Barring this, a company can terminate you because they feel like it. Um, um, so it doesn't matter that you got a really good performance review last month. Uh, it doesn't matter that somebody who is a terrible employee is still employed. Uh, I mean, it may matter from a fairness perspective, but from a legal perspective, uh, they can terminate you for whatever reason they want to, as long as it's not discriminatory. The second question, sorry. Yeah, no, oh, I'm, the I'm second, just the, waiting for you. Good. The second question um, was, uh, and this is the one that I get every day, is how much how much severance do I get? Um, everybody wants to know, uh, you know, what the what the dollar figures are behind behind a termination, and of course, that's understandable. A severance is is given to employees legally in order to help you, in order to to assist you while you're looking for other work. Um, the the biggest takeaway from my answer to this question of how much severance do I get is that there's a major difference between you know what you're entitled to under the Employment Standards Act, which is the uh, provincial employment standards legislation that governs the minimum terms and conditions of your employment, and the common law. And the common law is the big one. That is where that is where uh, a lot of people don't realize that they have entitlements, and that is usually where I can 
pleasantly surprise people with what their entitlements might be. Um, so in, in most cases, the gen- very general rule of thumb um, and the common award that people get in the common law is that you get one month for every year that you've been continuously employed. And that number can go up or down depending on a number of things. Um, you know, your age, how difficult it is for you to find other work. Uh, and actually, if you're a shorter service employee, if you've been there for, you know, three months to three years, you actually are entitled to disproportionately more than that one month per year of service. So in BC, those employees are typically entitled to a floor of two to three months notice in the event of a termination. So that that's a big question and an important one. And if you want more answers, uh, check out severancepaycalculator.com, which was designed by our firm specifically to answer that question, uh, give you a very rough idea of how to start to answer that question. Yeah, I guess the answer as opposed to the question rather how much severance should I get or sh- how much severance do I get, how much severance should I get which should be the actual answer and that will lead you to the severance pay calculator or calling you at the firm as well. By the way, that number you want to get a hold of Leah and the team uh, 604-283-3123 We'll get to the uh, third one that we covered off last week and then I'll bounce over to Kevin on the line. So what was the third one? Sure, yeah. The third one is just with respect to deadlines. So I got a lot of yeah. people understandably calling me in a, in a, in a panic saying, you know, I got this severance letter and they're offering me two more weeks and it says that I'm entitled to, but it says that if I don't accept in 45 minutes, uh, you know, I'm going to lose this and it's, and it's gone. And the thing that I tell everybody in that situation is that deadlines are almost always meaningless. You know, the only time they ever really matter, really matter is if you're being terminated legitimately for cause and they want to, they're giving you a time sensitive offer um, that, that, you know, you've got to sign off on. Otherwise they're going to take, they're going to continue with their position that you were terminated for cause. But but even if that's the case, even if that's what it says in your letter, you can always ask for an extension. That deadline was just, they threw a dart at the calendar. It was just arbitrarily Mm -hmm. selected, you know, to bring some closure to the situation. And don't, so don't feel rushed. Give give your HR a call, give your manager a call and say, you need some extra time. And it might seem counterintuitive at the time, but tell them that you need to seek legal advice because- Every employer will know if they've got good legal counsel that you, in order to have uh, a full and final release signed off on, you have to give the employee the opportunity to get legal advice. If you don't give that employee the opportunity to get independent legal advice, they run the risk of that release being unenforceable. So if you say, that's kind of the ace, and that's kind of the ace up your sleeve. If you say, I need more time because I want to seek legal advice, they will almost invariably give it to you. So so whatever the deadline is, um, ask for more time. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell, the number to call in uh, this afternoon and have your questions answered. Kevin, thanks for hanging on, pal. How are you? Oh, good. How are you guys doing? Thank you uh, good, sir. for uh, the show today. Very interesting. I went through a good. lot in my lifetime here and... Uh, yeah, this is a very uh, something that uh, I'd like to talk about. Great. What do you got in mind? Well, like I say, uh, what happened was is I uh, had a couple of beers on a Sunday, uh, having a barbecue, and uh, then I took transit bus. I take transit. I missed my bus, of course, and then I showed up at work, and uh, then my foreman come up to me and he says, I got to go and see the supervisor. So I went and seen the supervisor. Supervisor, I said, uh, have I been drinking uh, prior to coming in in the morning? And I said, no, 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 no. I said, I'm just late because I missed my bus, and I'm sorry I'm late. And I said, I'm just going to go to work and do my job. And uh, he says, well, sorry, he says, I smell alcohol on your breath. He says, I, I think you need to go and get a pee test. If you pass the pee test, he says, I'll pay you for the date and everything. And I said, okay, well, 
right on, okay, well, I'll leave and I'll go and go to the hospital, get you a P-test. So I did all my thing. I went back to work, give him the form. Well, sure enough, the P-test didn't show up on the, on the form. So he says, well, he says, it's not on the, on the form. He says, I can't hire you back. So he says, you're terminated. And he says, well, at least you can go back to the hospital and get me that information. And he says, I will hire you back if you pass the P-test. So I went back to the hospital. The hospital said, no, we can't do that for you. We can't, we can't give you a P-test to your employer. So I went back to work and I said to my employer, I said, well, they won't give me that, that P-test to let you know if I've been impaired or not for working. So he says, well, if we can't get that off of you, that information, he says, you're terminated. So then I had talk, chat to them and anyway, and I thought, well, my job is very important to me. I had a mortgage time and a family to raise and everything else, vehicle payments, you know, everything else. Mm-hmm. And so what I did is I went to rehab, and rehab, I didn't think I should be in rehab anyway in the first place for just having a few beers on a Sunday afternoon with, with family. So anyway, I didn't last very long in rehab. I very, I left because I was stressed out, so then I, I left rehab, and then I, I went back to my employer, and I said, well, can I get my job back? They said, well, I didn't complete three months with rehab, so then I never did get my job back, so then... After that, I had to go and do other jobs like construction, landscaping, and did all that. And I did that for two years. And then I thought, well, maybe I'll just try my employer again. And anyway, I found out that my employer said, oh, yeah, you can come back to work. We seem like you're nice and healthy to work with us again. And uh, mm-hmm. the superintendent that was here prior when you were here is not here no longer. So they hired me back. So now I'm realizing now that that's all great. So I got my job back. I, I'm doing the same job that I was doing before. But now my uh, superintendent that showed up now, they just hired him back. So now I feel now that I'm getting watched again because I think he's coming after me again. So I'll leave that up to you guys. But I lost all my all my uh, years of uh, seniority. I'm starting all over again. Like my pension was higher up. I was getting paid more into pension. I was uh, I had more seniority over other people. Uh, I was making maybe a little bit more money, or I'm making less money now than what it was because I'm starting all over. So I'm I'm starting at the bottom of the telephone pole, right? And I had something like uh, 16 years there, and now I'm only I'm back to three. So I'll just leave okay, that Kev, up. I'm going to I'm going to put you on hold for a sec, Kev. We're going to come back to you after a short break. I know Leah wants to expand on this and ask you a couple of questions, so we'll uh, we'll get to that. Six zero four two eight zero nine eight nine eight or star nine eight nine eight under cell. More employment hour coming right up. CKNW. Yeah, you still have some time to call in, get your questions answered with Leah at uh, 434 against 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Kev, thanks for uh, for hanging on. So uh, rehired, super, uh, your boss rehired. Uh, what's your question basically, pal? Well, I'm back to work, but the thing is, yep. so, uh, I think I'm getting watched again, and I don't think it was fair for me to get fired in the first place, but I lost all my seniority, mm-hmm. and I lost my... my uh, holiday pay like uh like I, I was getting like five weeks holiday pay now i'm only getting three weeks mm-hmm. uh, is, is there anything i can do about anything or anything um, definitely. Um, so let's first talk about the fact that you feel like you're being watched because I get this question a lot. Um, a lot of people are working for their companies, their employers, and a new manager comes in or ownership changes hands and all of a sudden they feel like they're under the microscope. And a lot of people say, you know, I feel like they're gearing up to terminate me. And in your case, you're probably thinking, I feel like they're gearing up to terminate me again. And and what can you do? And and believe it or not, there, there are a couple of things that you can do. To the extent that you, I mean, first of all, just be on your best behavior, 
Um, you know, make sure that you've got a good idea of the protocols and policies and procedures that are all in place that you are uh, expected to be in compliance with. So make sure that you've got you've got copies of everything, of every document that you're going to be held accountable for, uh, and make sure that you that you do act in a compliance with that. But to the extent that you feel like somebody starts, you know, micromanaging you, or somebody starts writing you up for very small things, or watching your every move, that's something that you definitely want to start to keep track of yourself. Uh, and you can either start doing that in uh, on your own in writing. So one of my favorite things is to, is to send yourself an email. So you've got the date and timestamp of, you know, what happened that particular day, who did it, and, you know, how that made you feel and what transpired. Um, or you can bring it to your HR department, depending on how serious it is. You can speak to your HR department and say, you know, I, I feel like this person is taking a specific interest in me. You know, I was rehired based on this misunderstanding. And, you know, I feel like it's only fair to, to have a fresh start as well. And now I feel like I'm under the microscope. Man- well, Leah, one, one more thing, pardon me, sure. Leah, Leah, but, but uh, too, like, uh, what I don't get to is, is so I got laid off about uh, three or four weeks ago. And uh, now I've moved up a little bit because I have more seniority than other people now. Okay. But, but they stayed working and I got laid off. Now, I know this is a non-union, non-union, but... Can you do anything about it if it's non-union or union when when that kind of like happens? What, what do you do about that? Yeah. Um, have you been laid off before? Have you been put on a temporary layoff before? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, unfortunately, there is no requirement in a non-unionized context that only people at the bottom of the ladder with respect to seniority be the first subject to a layoff. Unless you've got a contract in place that specifically says that, and I have seen contracts that say that, then then the company can use their discretion. Uh, they can basically choose whoever it is that they want to uh, in terms of who's going to be laid off. And if you had never been laid off before, then absolutely I could do something for you because I can say that a temporary layoff is actually a constructive termination of your employment and that you're entitled to severance. Uh, but if you've been laid off before in the past by this particular company, um, then there's nothing that I can do simply because it's you or the one that was laid off while other people were not. Uh, unless you think there's a discriminatory reason for that, that that's all that we can do. Can I appreciate your time. Moving forward, you need to uh, discuss more with Leah. That is uh, completely possible. 604-283-3123 or help at employmenthour.com. We're going to move on here, get to uh, to John. Hey, John, thanks for hanging in. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? Thanks for the great show, by I, the way. Oh, I appreciate it. What's, uh, what's your concern this afternoon? So we're all in Vancouver, and we've seen real estate prices go up, and this has to do with employment and real estate. So it's oh. a can of worms. Okay. I'm doing this for a friend of mine. So he's been employed at a privately owned retail store that's been in Vancouver for about, I think, about 15 years or so. And he's been employed there as an employee for in a non-management position, but with some, some you know responsibility for about 12, 13 years. Here's the catch. The uh, owner of the property has sold it. The, uh, the um, owners were, well, the store owners were re- renting the store space. Now, the store is due to be closed down. Here's a question. For that long of an employment um, span at the job, does my friend have any sort of um, capability to ask for any sort of severance from the owner of the retail store that's being shut down? Absolutely. Do you know if they're being shut down? Now, you told me that it was for a sale. Um, is is it... Sorry, go ahead. No, so, so basically the property... Um, the, um, it's on a major street in Vancouver, and... Uh, 
the block of uh, uh, mixed retail space is being converted into um, homes. So the whole block is going to be renovated. And I see. Then, yeah. Okay. I get it. So the, the reason why I wanted to ask that question is to make sure that it's not being closed down on account of a bankruptcy or any kind of um, liquidation. Um, because regardless, and this is actually touching on my second topic for today, but if, if a company sells uh, its, its business uh, to another owner, to the city, to whatever, if it sells, as long as it's not closing down business because they're going bankrupt, because they're wrapping up their assets, uh, every employee who's terminated is entitled to severance. Absolutely, your, your friend is entitled to severance in this situation. And if he was employed for 12 to 13 years as a manager uh, for that store, uh, and unless he has an employment contract that enforceably limits him to less than that, he's looking at least at a year of severance. Now, the trick to this uh, um, item is that they actually, the store doesn't own the uh, retail space. They've been renting the retail space from whoever owns the, the set of buildings. So they're actually not the store owner doesn't actually own the space so i don't know if they're getting a part of I, that that's out of my scope mm-hmm. but they were, they were renting the retail space and they're closing down because the whole building is being torn down they can't rent there anymore and so forth well it, it might be out of your scope but it's also out of the scope of what's relevant to determine whether or not he's entitled to something in the first place so if his employment is coming to an end he's entitled to severance and that, that's about as simple as answer as I can give you. So as long as the employer isn't bankrupt and as long as there isn't an employment contract that limits him to the minimum provisions under the Employment Standards Act, uh, he's entitled to common law severance. So I would definitely, if, if your friend has already been uh, given notice, definitely encourage him to give me a call. I'd be happy to walk him through this. I've actually texted him, so hopefully he's listening in. Otherwise, I will make sure to pass that on. Thank you so much for <laughs> You're the very welcome. Show. You're very welcome. John, appreciate that. And again, that number just in case, 604-283-3123 and help at employmenthour.com. So we've got a couple minutes here before we uh, we break. Hey, Jenny, good afternoon. Hi, I'm calling again for a friend as well. And I'm wondering if they've given notice at a job and the, the employer's accepted two weeks notice but then comes back after a week and says, no, actually, I want you to leave now. Is the employee um, entitled to any form of severance? Yes, definitely, definitely. So when somebody is terminated from their job, their their base right, their base entitlement is to be given notice of their, that termination. So to be told exactly as your friend was in the circumstance, uh, you know, Jenny, I know this wasn't you, but Jenny, in six months' time, your employment's coming to an end and you can work through to the end of that notice period. That'll be your notice. You'll be paid for that time and you can look for another job during those six months. If at any time the employer comes and says, you know what, actually, we have to let you go early, that doesn't mean that they all of a sudden get less severance. It just means that they're now going to get a mix of notice and pay. So in this case, although I very much doubt your friend only gets two weeks, uh, in this case, if they said you get two weeks of notice and after one week we actually want you to go away, then they'll have that one week of notice uh, that will be credited towards their overall entitlement. And then they're also entitled to be paid for that additional week. But like I said, I very, very much doubt that your friend's only entitled to two weeks. Although he gave the notice, two weeks notice, he's, and he worked for this employer for 20 plus years. I see. Okay. Okay. So, you, sorry, I, I didn't appreciate that, that it was your friend that's resigned. Yeah, he resigned, but the, and the employer accepted the notice. And then after a week said, no, actually, I want you to leave now. 
Okay, so in the case where somebody has resigned, and again, unless there's an employment contract that speaks to this, you the employee can or the employer can waive the notice period that's provided by the resigning employee as long as they give them the lesser of these two things: the notice that the employee provided or their minimum entitlements under the Employment Standards Act. So they can say you can go home after one week, but they still have to pay him for that remaining week. Ah, I see. Okay. Okay, well, that's good to know. Yes. Yeah, you're very welcome, Jenny. Good luck to your friend. Appreciate that, Jenny. Has other uh, questions or misconceptions about the whole thing? Simple. You know the number now, 604-283-3123. That's how you get a hold of Leah and uh, the rest of the team there. So moving forward, you'll keep that information and help at employmenthour.com. We'll take uh, one more small break here before we get right back into it. Your phone calls, as always, ready to take them, 604-280-9898 or star 9898. On cell, we continue with another edition of the Employment Hour. It's right here on CKNW. Yeah, we still got some time. You want to slide in a phone call for sure, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. You want to ask Leah a question before the uh, show is done for this afternoon, help at employmenthour.com. And if you've never used it, even just for interest's sake, it's absolutely free. It takes uh, just a couple minutes, not even a minute, to uh, to put the uh, the information inside severancepaycalculator.com and find out what you're really owed as far as severance is concerned. You want to check that out as we sit here and do the remainder of the show. The common questions you get asked, and this one, uh, the next one on the list, uh, coincidentally enough, where we left off last show, is something that uh, Kevin talked about earlier on the phone line. Yeah. That is, my employer just put me on a temporary layoff. What are my options? And it's such an important and common question, yeah. and, I, and I tried to touch on that as much as I could with Kevin, um, because I really don't think this question is is asked as often as it should be. Um, I think most people assume that layoffs just happen, that they're a part of doing business. And, you know, perhaps they should even be thankful for the layoff instead of just being terminated. But this is where, you know, it's so important that the message gets across. A layoff is a termination in most cases. There's no automatic right for your employer to lay you off. And by layoff, I mean being put on a temporary layoff with the potential right of recall. There's no automatic right to that period. It doesn't matter what the company's reasons are. A layoff is a termination and being laid off will entitle you to severance. The only way that the company can legally lay you off, and this is where you know Kevin was in a bit of hot water, is if you've agreed to be laid off. And that agreement can either be by way of a contract or through prior consent to layoffs. So if you have been working in a seasonal industry for four or five years and you've agreed to a layoff every winter for years one to three, you know, you can't then claim that a layoff in year four or five is a termination. At that point, a court will find that you've condoned it, you've agreed to it, and the right to lay you off becomes an implied term of your employment. But barring this, uh, or any kind of agreement to be laid off in an employment contract, you cannot be legally put on a layoff, and being laid off entitles you to severance. Now, mm-hmm. you know, I, I know what most people are probably thinking right now, because the follow-up question to all of this is as common as the first question. You know, am I not just better off to accept the layoff and the possibility of being recalled rather than treating it as a termination and being without employment altogether? And honestly, I see that point. 
But this is where layoffs really suck and put employees in a really difficult position uh, and where I think employees who have been put on a temporary layoff need legal counsel. If you agree to a layoff when it happens and you accept your recall if and when that day comes, then you're only exposing yourself to more layoffs. If they have the right to do so and you've given them that right by consenting to it, an employer can, in theory, lay you off for 13 weeks in any 20-week period. So they may recall you, but then... You know, seven weeks later, lay you off again. You could be subject to a perpetual cycle of layoffs. And that's not a situation you want to find yourself in, in my view. Yeah, we often say, you know, you open the door a crack, they can kick it wide open. So uh, lots of caution before you, yeah. uh, you go ahead and do that. Uh, Eddie, good afternoon. How are you? I'm Ed here. Hey, Ed, how are you? What's going on? I'm What's going I'm on good. With you? Uh, common practice, uh, 15 years managerial position, uh, with a company which has changed hands, coming up to age 65, does he just tell the company 30 days ahead, you know, I'm coming up to 65, and they say, thank you very much for your service, uh, you'll get your final check in the mail, or does common practice give a, uh, a retirement allowance package or any, anything like that? So, sorry, are you asking, like, if you can get paid out for retiring? No, no. Going to retire, plan on age 65, yep. retiring, mm-hmm. uh, is, and uh, there's no termination, no Ill, Ill feelings. Does he just uh, shake hands and go out the door, or is common practice, uh, say, a continuation of benefits or anything like that for... Uh, generally, generally, there's no common practice to continue benefits. Okay. If you're retiring early, you might sometimes be able to negotiate with your company uh, some sort of bridge for a pension, um, you know, to keep pension contributions yeah. going until you reach your full pensionable age. Um, but if that's if that's not an issue, then then yes, I mean, for the most part, a retirement ends. Hopefully, you know, for many people, it's a great result with a shake of the hands and a parting of ways. Um, it, as far as I know, there's there's no requirement for um, for notice, any particular notice to be given. Um, you know, but I think that if this person has been in a managerial position for 15 years, um, you know, I think that the the nice thing, common courtesy, might dictate that you provide the company with enough um, with enough of a head start to start the transition process for the person's replacement. Ah, very good. Thank you so much. You're very welcome, Ed. And I appreciate that. I, I just, for a moment there, I thought he was getting at, is it mandatory to have to retire at 65, which is no oh, longer the case. You I know. Have to retire at so did I. And I was like, yes, this yeah. is so juicy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not the case. We'll, uh, we'll get to, uh, to Dusty here. Hey, Dusty, we got a few minutes. Uh, what's going on with you? Hey, how are you doing? Love this show. Good. What's happening? Um, Thank you. I was, empo- I was employed for 27 years for a large, uh, large forest company. Uh, I was injured at home. Um, the forest company hired a uh, investigator to investigate my situation. I didn't want to go back to work because I didn't feel it was in my best interest because of the uh, the uh, injury and everything I suffered. So I was waiting it out. In the meantime, they fired me. I went to arbitration. I lost the arbitration case, but I never received any severance package or anything. Hmm. Did, were you unionized? How long ago was this, Dusty? Yes, I was in the IWA. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and, and, and John's exactly right to ask that. How long ago is this? 
15 years ago. Yeah. Actually, 2005, yeah. Oh my God, 2005 was 13 years ago. That's crazy, but that's an aside. Um, if, if you're unionized, uh, then your collective bargaining agreement will speak to any severance entitlements. I unfortunately can't give you any information or help when it comes to what your civil entitlements could be. Um, in any event, because it happened 15 years ago, uh, then you, there's only a two there's only a two year window in which you can bring a claim for severance. Uh, so yeah, so unfortunately, time there's there's a very specific time limit on when you can bring a claim against an employer for severance. Um, you know, had you not been unionized and had you contacted me right after your termination, I mean, I would certainly say that if you were terminated, whether or not you wanted to go back, if your employer pulled the trigger first and terminated you, you certainly would have been entitled to severance. Exactly. Well, that's good. I just was listening to your show on every weekend and I'm just wondering... And right now I'm sitting on top of a mountain and I'm in God's country, so it doesn't matter. Sounds pretty good, oh, Dusty. beauty. <laughs> nice. Appreciate that. I wish we were there. Hey, we could do a remote show there. Let's, All right, can idea. we try Think it? About that <laughs> later. Yeah, we'll get that happening. <laughs> Um, just before we go, we got a couple minutes. I wanted a couple, a couple more of the topics tonight. This is some of the questions you get asked. I'll throw this last one at you since we got time. Can my employer change my pay, relocate me, or demote me without my consent? No. <laughs> no, you need to consent. Um, and it's important to note here, too, that consent uh, isn't just being asked and agreeing to it in the moment that they want to do it. Uh, consent can also be uh, contractual. And I have been seeing this a lot lately. A lot of employment contracts will reserve the right of the company to make changes to somebody's employment. Um, you know, I have a lot of people contact me with new employment contracts saying, you know, but I, I already I already identified this termination provision and it's awful. And like, let's talk about that. But when I review the rest of the employment contract, there's all sorts of little sneaky things in there that seem so innocuous, uh, you know, that just seem uh, so benign that they don't even register. But what happens is a lot of employers will put in a contract, um, you know, I, the, the company has the, the right, the, the unilateral right to change your job at any time. They can relocate you, change your duties, change your remuneration. And if you sign off on that, you are essentially allowing them to do that at any time in the future. Yeah. If you hadn't signed off on that, if you didn't have a contract that says that, then they cannot do that. They cannot do that without your explicit consent and permission and without triggering a dismissal otherwise. So otherwise, you get a company that changes your remuneration, changes your salary, changes your job duties, you know, demotes you or moves you to Fort St. John or moves you even just to Chilliwack. I mean, if that's a long distance for you. And what you have the option for as an employee in that situation is to say, you know what? I don't want this change and I choose to treat this as a termination of my employment and that entitles you to severance. We are done for another afternoon. Excellent work, my friend. Uh, you'll want to get a hold of Leah and a member of the team. Simple, 604-283-3123. Till next weekend, you can use that number or any time. Help at employmenthour.com. And if you want to figure out what your severance offer should be at the correct number, severancepaycalculator.com. Till next time, next weekend, right here at the same time, spend the Employment Hour on CKNW.